welcome to the Windbreaker podcast where we regularly break wind. My name is Sarah Sloan, and my job is to bring you an interesting, exciting, and thrilling podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day doing what you do. Thank you for giving me your time, and let's jump into what we have today. All right, so we are going to be discussing the Democratic debate that happened this past Sunday. I'm going to discuss it with my father, and we're going to have a good time. But first, we're going to just address some emails uh, that we got. We finally got some emails. Oh, my goodness. So excited about that. So the first one was, um, well, I guess it doesn't mean as much because it was from my sister. Um, and it says, yo, yo, windbreaker. Can you please explain how you're so cute? Also, when will your mommy be on the show? Also, do you really break wind on the show? Does it smell? Do you want me to be on your show again? I hope this isn't too many questions. You're the best windbreaker. Bye-bye for now, now. Sister E, not from another mother. All right, well, she asked um, a question about how I'm so cute. Well, I don't know. It just kind of (laughs) happened. You were born that way. Yeah, and uh, my mother, um, once I read this, of course, it inspired me even more so to have my mom on the show and I thought she did a great job just explaining her testimony and we want to have her more on the future and yes I break wind on the show and let's just say my guests do not enjoy it hopefully you haven't heard any rumblings in the audio um yeah and it smells of course it smells very rarely do my farts not smell um and yeah I want you to be on my show and yeah that was a lot of questions But hey, like I said, I love questions. We got another email and it's from Nathleen. She is a really good friend of mine and she goes to my church and she has the coolest family. And yeah, I like them a lot. They're they're very funny. We've done karaoke with them. You know, just good times. So she put Nathleen Faith. I feel like honestly, she was just trying to plug herself, which I, I respect, but she put follow me on IG, everyone at underscore n-f-h-e ha 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 jk i love y'all's podcast no joke it's so entertaining i'm being biased here because i know y'all personally l-o-o-o-o-l so i guess that's like laugh out 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 loud that works but yeah i'll be supporting y'all keep going girl i that is very Very nice to hear that we finally have a single fan. So I'm all about it. And who's not related to you. Yeah, for once. Come on. Uh, But yeah, hopefully we can have Nathleen on the show too. Um, Then we have uh, our last email from David Ortiz, which he was on a previous episode with his wife, Kaylee Ortiz. And um, he put, hi, Sarah, love your podcast. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on the coronavirus. Do you have anyone in the health field who uh, who you could interview and ask them to break down the current statistics and current events? What is the future of toilet paper supply due to the spike in demand? So, yeah, that inspired me to do the episode, the previous episode about the coronavirus, just because, yeah, I think it's important to address it. And it's not exactly like we're experts, but I, I felt like, we are informative in a way. And of course I didn't have statistics on that, uh, on the toilet paper supply, but just kind of what CEOs are saying like of Walmart and such. So if you haven't heard that episode, please do listen to it. And 
hopefully we can have David Ortiz on again. So yeah, those were the emails. Thank you guys so much. And I, I look forward to more emails and more questions. But yeah, let's bounce into that debate. Dad, uh, mm-hmm. we watched the whole thing. It was on CNN. No audience because, you know, everyone is really trying to make sure they don't get the corona. So it's just moderators and the people there. On a personal level, I thought CNN did a pretty bad job uh, camera-wise. It was, oh my goodness, like half the debate was just terrible. It would show they were they were standing very far apart from each other. And it was just showing the both of them. So you could barely see their faces because it was so far away from them. You want to see them up close. You want to see their reactions to everything. And you really can do that for the majority of it. I don't know if they just didn't have enough of a camera crew or what. Um, but yeah, that was frustrating to me. And then later on, they did kind of put them together. So I don't know if they figured that out or they just wanted to do that later in the broadcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm really not sure. But um, I I think overall, yeah, a lot was discussed. A lot of it was about Corona, uh, which is good for sure. But they kept on saying their solutions, but they weren't solutions. It was just mostly bashing the way Trump is doing things, which... That's not a solution. That's not helpful. Um, they, they were kind of competing with each other. Who could give away more? Who could? It, it was sort of like, um, let's buy the votes. Yeah, which is uh, very frustrating because they kept on saying, and the government will pay for it. Well, okay, let's be honest in this. If, you're, if you want to say this the way that it really is, hey, you taxpayers, you will need to pay some of this. That, that's an honest way to say it versus the government will pay for it. But because everybody hears government, they for some reason they psychologically think that they won't have to do anything, but they're going to be paying more. Like the government is someone other than themselves or distinct from themselves as though it was an entity that would just pay for it and it wouldn't affect any taxpayers. You know, the only money the government quote government has is what the taxpayers give to it and if we're really honest about it it's mostly just hot air because it's just debt yep yeah it's, we it's are not real money what are we 23 trillion in debt mm-hmm. yeah we have a lot of debt and um after this crisis probably 24 yeah honestly i think now they're talking about sending a thousand dollars to each american that sounds like a terrible idea an absolutely terrible idea you know it makes you think well what about the americans that don't need it but just to figure out who needs it and who doesn't would be a major undertaking that the government could not do efficiently what would they do have to hire a thousand people with full benefits and pensions to try to figure out who needs the thousand dollars and that would cost more than the thousand dollars anyway so that's just the way government is it's self-defeating um you know the things that it tries to do are so inefficient um that it it makes no sense oh yeah um but yeah sorry let's jump into this and uh this was them mostly kind of talking about social security and uh lots of accusations and such so enjoy 
The idea that Bernie implies the way he says things, speaking of negative ads, my Lord, Bernie, you're running ads saying I'm opposed to Social Security, that PolitiFact says is a flat lie, okay. and that the Washington Post said is a flat lie. Time and time again, talking about the necessity, with pride, about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No. You never said that. No. Time after time, you were not a fan of Bull Simpson? I was not a fan of Bull You were not a fan of the balanced budget amendment which called for cuts in Social Security? Come on, look, Joe, you won't. Look, here's the You're deal. You're an honest guy. Why don't you just tell the truth here? We all make I, mistakes. I, I am telling the truth. You said that I, in fact, I, why am I rated 96% by the Social Security organizations? Why am I viewed as a strong supporter? All that I said. I have laid out how I will increase Social Security Well, that's benefits. good. I laid that out. I have laid out how I'm going to make okay, sure me, that it is, in fact, paid for. Jake. Go to JoeBiden.com. Look at my exchange with Paul Ryan on his desire to try to privatize and or cut Social Security. Okay. And understand how he manipulated it. No. Out. All right. Joe, let me repeat it again. I want you just to be straight with the American people. I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not true? No, it's not true. Just go look at the debate with Paul Ryan for the vice presidency. Look at what I did. And Bernie, will you acknowledge your campaign took out a context that whole exchange between Paul Ryan. Are you saying PolitiFact is wrong? Are you saying Yeah, the well, Post believe me, the Washington Post, PolitiFact is wrong a whole lot of times. But no, are they wrong on that, Bernie? Okay. Are they wrong on that, Bernie? Joe. Bernie, Joe, did you miss Joe, did you? Wait a minute. I'll answer your question. You answer mine. <laughs> I answered yours. <laughs> they, they spent an awful long time on that single issue. Of course, it's a hot potato. Nobody ever wants to touch or say anything against Social Security, which is the reason why it never gets solved. Oh, yeah, completely. And Social Security is actually one of the issues that I really am a bit more passionate about than other political issues, just because it is so ridiculous that the government says to the American people, hey, you guys are so stupid that you don't know how to manage your own retirement money. So give it, give a portion to us um, every year or so, and we will put it all together. And then whenever you retire, we'll give it out to you. That How, oh my goodness. And, and nobody sees it that way. The word is paternalistic. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I think in all honesty, there are always will and would be people who would not you know save for retirement that, that's just uh, there's folks that are just terrible with their finances from the start of their lives to the end and uh, many folks put off uh, starting to prepare for retirement until way way too late and it would be woefully inadequate and i guess um, in an effort to have that safety net and avoid mass poverty of elderly people, uh, that's what's why Social Security arose. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I noticed the way that Bernie talks to Biden. It's kind of like, come on, you you know, we make mistakes. You know, just be honest about this. <laughs> and Biden's like, no, no, I didn't do it, no. <laughs> but he totally did. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's something about Bernie that he doesn't want to be too tough. 
you know, like he, that was a time really to call him a liar. Yeah. But he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so all that does is create a cloud over the issue. It wasn't real clear who was more honest. You know, probably the voters don't care at this point in the election cycle. And they're not going to switch either way. But, um, you know, he probably was correct because it seems like there's multiple times that Biden did mention cuts and he denied it enough to cloud it so that people didn't react negatively to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. And you're so right. People don't care. You know, if you lie about stuff, they don't care. And that's the thing you got to say about Bernie. He is consistent and he is honest. And uh, sometimes that helps him, sometimes that hurts him. But the reality is he's not leaving the race, um, even though Biden has such a lead on him. And uh, one theory I heard of why he's staying in is because with him in, he's able to push Biden more and more to the left. So then Biden has to say these things um, to somehow compete with uh, Bernie or at least not look bad in, in many of the uh, people in the left's eyes, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. There's always, you know, I know the odds are low, but um, if Biden had a health crisis, mm. um, you know, that could, if it was before the convention, um, I'm not sure what would happen if it was after the convention. Yeah. Um, Part of the November election. But if it was before the convention, Bernie definitely might be the one to step right in. Yeah, it's true. And I I don't see any harm in him staying. Just stay. It's just you two. Well, technically there is Tulsi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tulsi Gabbard. But she has no hope. It would have been so much more. I, I have to admit, guys, the debate was pretty dry for the most part just because it was the two of them and they were trying to stay civil for the most part. Even their debates or their intense arguments weren't that interesting. If Tulsi had been in there, oh, it would have been so much more exciting and fun to watch. But sadly, you know, they have their rules. So, um, yeah, let's move on to uh, Sanders and talking about Trump and Corona and all of that. I want to ask about China. When this outbreak first started in China, the government there censored the whistleblower doctor who sounded the alarm and downplayed the true gravity of the virus. Right. What consequences should China face for its role in this global crisis? Well, one of the consequences is we have got to learn that you cannot lie to the American people. You cannot uh, be less than frank about the nature of the crisis. And what bothers me very much is you have a president of the United States today, Mr. Trump, who is praising China for the good work that they are doing, when in fact, as you indicated, they were lying to their own people and allowing that virus to move much more aggressively than should have been the case. Look, I don't think this is the time for reclamation, to be punishing people. Now is the time, by the way, to be working with China. They are learning a lot about this crisis. We have got to work with them. We've got to work with the World Health Organization. We've got to work with Italy. We've got to work with countries around the world. If there was ever a moment when the entire world is in this together, got to support each other, this is that moment. All right. So, I, you know, I think it, he probably was pretty well balanced there. You know, accusing China of being China, of China of being communist uh, to think that you could 
address them lying or holding back information is just not realistic. That That's like telling China, don't be China, don't be communist. Uh, that's who they are. And you're not going to change them. Uh, what are you going to do, start a war over that? So, But then he did return to reason by saying it's not the time to um, make an issue of these things, it's the time to unify, which is correct. So I think, in essence, he was correct. You know, I guess his difference with Trump is don't praise them. You don't fight them on it, make an issue of it, but definitely don't praise them as Trump did. Yeah, so it sounds like you're agreeing with uh, Bernie. Somewhat in that point. I, I think <laughs> he was fairly balanced on that. Um, you know, sometimes in unifying, we do praise and that um, obviously Trump has had plenty of issues with plenty of countries, in China in particular on trade. Uh, he has been their foe in a very strong way, so he's certainly not afraid to oppose them. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, Trump's relationship with China, you know, there's so many conspiracy theories even out there about um that this was a that this was made by the Chinese people that they combined several others uh, illnesses to make this a mega illness and um, yeah there's so many kind of rumors out there uh, I will say Trump I really I guess I missed it in the media I didn't really see him praising China had he really been doing that. You know, I don't think that was highlighted. It was probably, you know, in the midst of his remarks, he, you know, said that they were giving a good response. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that everything they did was correct. Uh, maybe in the early stages, you know, they were slow to act. You know, let's be honest, uh, when things happen that are unprecedented, we can all um, make mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, I don't know, it seems like it's hard to be very critical, but um, I don't think that was a, a huge uh, point that Trump would was making to praise them. That was just something he did do one time. Yeah. Well, because any person hearing what Bernie says, it looks more like Trump is just fully promoting the Chinese and supporting them and then that he's not taking this seriously at all. And that simply isn't the case. And so that I, I do agree with you that uh, Bernie did have some reasoning in the way he was saying it, and he was being fairly even killed more so than a lot of other things that other people are saying. But um, that could really uh, honestly be a lie just in the way that he was reflecting the way Trump has been handling this, which I think personally he's doing the best with what he's got, and uh, he has lots of scientists around him. And so, you know... Yeah, I just, I don't like when instead of thinking of your own solutions, you're just criticizing. Um, but then again, I don't know. It, the way that they're both going about it, you, like you said, it's just, oh, let's spend more and more and more money, throw money at issues. And just even looking at a family structure, um, the worst children are usually the ones that uh, their parents threw money at them and bought them mm. whatever they wanted. Um, you can kind of relate to it in that way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did have some trouble with you on that. Yeah, yeah, you just threw money at me all the time. <laughs> uh, you said you want to do a podcast? And, yeah, 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 we made it happen. Um, 
So Biden and Sanders, uh, kind of the highlight of the debate was in this, in basically revealing that they wanted women as their running mates. So I'm going to play that clip. Just to be clear, you just committed here tonight that your running mate, if you get the nomination, will be a woman? Yes. The vice president committed to picking a woman as his running mate. If you get the nomination, will you? Uh, in all likelihood, I, I will. Uh, for me, it's not just uh, nominating uh, or uh, a woman. It is making sure that we have a progressive women, and there are progressive women out there. So my very strong tendency is to move in that direction. Pretty big news. Uh, he was, yeah, Biden was definitely, I don't know if it really was the case that he wanted a woman as a running mate, but uh, you kind of felt feel pressured in that moment um, that you have to say yes. And and then Bernie, he, he basically said yes, but he said, well, but it's for the progressive cause, you know. He was more making that point. Right. And, of course, maybe also saying that it would have to be a progressive woman uh, he said that there were some out there, so he wasn't going to just pick any woman, just to pick a woman for the sake of it being a woman. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I guess we're long past the days where you just try to find the best person. You know, it's sort of like make up for past injustices. Yeah. And, you know, it's makes you think a little bit affirmative action in this case uh, toward gender. You know, maybe the thought is, well, there haven't been enough women as, um, well, never has been a woman president. Uh, so this would be a breakthrough. And that seems to be very much in vogue. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of even reflecting on the 2016 race with Trump versus Hillary. And um, I really would have thought at the time, I think I remember thinking it, uh, he's going to pick a woman just because, you know, you got to do that nowadays. And he didn't. He picked Pence, obviously. And then Hillary, I, for some reason, I thought she was going to pick a minority man. But she didn't. She picked uh, Tim Kaine, pretty sure. And um, that, I wonder why she didn't pick a woman. You know, I guess just because of the fact that she is, it really seems like it's all about points, like uh, points to please the left. But it, it's so funny that it's not about, oh, who really is best qualified? Oh, who could best help my team? It's never about that. It's just about, oh, we get the race points. Oh, we get the gender points. Oh, we get this. You know, it's not it's not really in the best interest of the country. Um, my personal opinion with Joe Biden is, I think he's going to pick, uh, if I really had to predict, I think he's going to pick Klobuchar or Warren. But then again, Warren hasn't endorsed him. Warren hasn't endorsed anyone. We haven't even talked about all that happened. Everybody dropping out so quickly and uh, the majority of the people endorsing Biden. And I don't think anybody that dropped out has endorsed Bernie. Am I wrong about that? I don't think anyone has. No, no one has. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious who they wanted. Um, and then, but you really would have thought, I think if Warren had been a bit smarter, she would have endorsed Bernie as soon as she could. Uh, because she could have potentially been his VP. Of course, he's not going to win. It, it's not happening. Uh, Biden is winning. So, but yeah, I, I really, I kind of am leaning more towards Klobuchar. The only reason I don't say Harris is because Harris went so strongly after him um, in the beginning debates, just calling him a racist and such. 
And um, even the way that she, it, it kind of seemed as if she was pushed into endorsing him. And if you hear her speech, she sounds like she is just so unenthusiastic about the fact that she has to endorse Joe Biden. And it's, it's pretty funny listening to it. Just like, I'm going to endorse Joe Biden. You know, like it's like she doesn't care at all about him. And a robotic. Yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting. Pete, he didn't immediately um, endorse Joe Biden, but Klobuchar, she, she immediately did it. So it was just like, she can't stand Pete Buttigieg, so she has to beat him in this way. Just like, oh, you're going to take your sweet time and look like you're so important. Well, I'm just going to endorse him right away because you're a loser. Like, she can't stand <laughs> the guy. Uh, so that's always fun to just see them, uh, those two battle it out. Um, but, yeah, that's why, that's why I really do think that it could be Klobuchar. Who do you think it's going to be? You, you know, if he wanted to pick someone that was closer aligned to him, it would be Klobuchar. Um, but it's kind of funny today it might be, as you said, more of the points that you get. You know, do you, do you get more benefit from Warren? Not because she's more closely aligned. She isn't so much. But perhaps she could bring along Bernie's voters, or you know, better. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so we are going to uh, play the last clip. why I insisted the moment this broke out that we should insist on having our experts in China, in China to see what was happening and make it clear to China there'd be consequences if we did not have that access. And we have to lead the world. We should be the ones doing what we did during the Ebola crisis, bringing the whole world together and saying this is what we must do. We have to have a common plan. All nations are affected the same way by this virus, depending on exposure. And so this is, we need world leadership. We need international leadership. We need someone who knows how to bring the world together and insist on fundamental change in the way in which we're approaching this. There he is. <sighs> yeah, he, he loves to look back to past achievements uh, and make reference to them. I think he feels like it makes him look um, important and presidential. It, it does help. Yeah, the fact that he's been vice president for eight years really does help his resume, you know. Of course, he takes full credit for everything that was was it done. He he did it. Oh, yeah. We did it, you know, so yeah. he's, he's definitely the one. Yeah, and uh, anything that doesn't look good, you know, then Not so much. Uh, that was his boss. That was his boss, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, who was it, Bernie, that um, had the gaffe in the sense of he called coronavirus Ebola two or three times? Oh, yeah, he that. did that quite a bit. And, yeah, Biden in general, he had just all throughout the campaign made so many gaffes, told weird, uncomfortable stories, and um, yet he really rose to the occasion, in my opinion. He was able to take on Bernie pretty well, you know, his tactic mostly was just, no, no, but it works. <laughs> the worst thing he did was at times he'd kind of get bogged down and, you know, kind of thinking and talking quite slowly, yeah. you know, kind of painstakingly, you know, to get out his points. But he, there was really no gaffes. Uh, he must have taken his ginkgo biloba pills before the debate. <laughs> oh, and quickly, what was their stance on immigration? Weren't they saying... Was it basically 
open borders type policies? Uh, pretty much. I'm trying to think if there were any distinction. They're all talking about pathway to citizenship. Oh, there was that one time, I think the question was, all the de deportations that occurred during Obama's years, would Biden continue the, those? Mm. And, you know, he was pretty much... Oh, there was another question where, um, for sanctuary cities, would he... Um, I forget, challenged them on that, and he basically said no. Uh, you know, that I remember Bernie was very much against the raids. Yeah. You know, f for illegals. And Biden pretty much too. So, yeah, they both were uh, very much for, you know, pathway to citizenship. Um, as to the border, yeah, they. I think Biden definitely talked about well, we don't need a wall, but we have technology, you know, so it, there is border security he believes in, I yeah. believe. I'm not sure how he expects that to be accomplished because it's certainly not working now, and he doesn't want to make any changes to make sure it works, but uh, he he claims that he still believes in that. Mm. Yeah, we can probably talk about immigration in future episodes, but um, yeah, I... I have lots of thoughts about it. So, yeah, sobering for sure. It's most likely going to be Trump versus Biden. And uh, for a while, we really didn't know. Like, we had no idea who it was going to be. Now it's very obvious who it's going to be. So uh, look forward to the both of them. Um, you know, you really... there. It, it's going to be interesting debates. Trump will really go hard on Biden. and uh, But Biden, he, he can fairly... He does a fairly good job of holding his own at times. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully he doesn't gaff too much. And then um, Trump will, you know, you, Biden can't use his whole, well, I was VP. What have you done? Because obviously Trump has been president for the past few years. And so can't use that against him. And, uh, but yeah, Trump will, he will figure out all that he needs to figure out on Biden. And he will bring it to the table versus, okay, with Trump, you know everything there is to know. So They've been trying things. They've been trying to destroy him and take him out. So good luck on that. That's interesting whether at those debates would Biden try to bring up the impeachment material and Russian collusion, just all these um, supposed scandals that have already been dealt with. And, you know, obviously Trump could get into things in Biden's past as well. So... I, you know, at some point they're going to have to turn away from that direction and talk about policy stances, you know, how they, what, what they would do. And, um, yeah, I think Trump is very strong in a lot of that. And, of course, everything's fresh on his mind because he's been dealing with it for the past four years, whereas Biden just has to kind of educate himself and come up with uh, talking points um, but it should be interesting. Obviously, Biden has the press 100% behind him. Yep, that's a huge thing right there. Um, and then if it's just the both of them, but the thing is Trump catches the attentions media much more so, and he that's part of the reason why they thought he won, because uh, it didn't matter in the 2000, 2016 race whenever Republicans were doing different things. Um, 
they didn't, it was just boring. No one cared versus Trump. He holds a rally. It's like he's a stand-up comic and he's so entertaining to watch. Even the left enjoys it. He's a funny guy um, and he knows how to work a crowd. Uh, Biden, uh, not so much. Mm -hmm. He's very awkward. I, Mm -hmm. yeah, we watched that one clip of a lady asking him a question about what his fire was and then he ends up getting like two inches from her face and it's just so cringy to watch just doing that to her i don't like when people do that so (laughs) yeah um to me you know trump has a natural charisma Mm -hmm. and that you almost have to be born with that yeah and he has that you know he does get into trouble at times he um hyperbole exaggeration uh, very much because um, there's sort of a part of a salesman that, that is in him when he wants to present something and spin something he almost wants to help it yeah rather than just go with the facts <laughs> um, Biden you know he's just kind of a friendly nice guy um, you know he does have a tougher side which I think you could see even in this past debate Um to me, there's just not a lot of strength of conviction. I think almost all his opinions, he's just come to based on expediency. Mm-hmm. And he's a career politician. I, I just feel like someone who's a career businessman uh, has a lot more integrity um, moving into politics for a portion of his life than someone that that's all they've known. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so. You said a lot of good stuff there, Dad. So uh, to wrap up, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you think this is uh, information that would be helpful to anyone else, please do share uh, this podcast with your friends. And uh, we try to keep it interesting and we try to cover all kinds of topics, you know, not just stuck on only one. And I enjoy uh, talking to you guys. And uh, please do subscribe and give us uh, five stars. Um, not just four, but five, come on. And, uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, stay safe out there. And, you know, uh, I don't know if this is scientifically true, but, uh, the best antidote to the Corona would probably be breaking some wind. So I will just leave you with that factual statement. Goodbye.